0: Hello and welcome back to Experable. In this episode, our guest expert Ken Honda, Japan's money and happiness expert and best-selling author, shares some valuable insights on the intricate relationship between our finances and emotions, introducing the transformative concept of happy money. From Ken, we learn about how our childhood experiences shape our financial behaviors, the importance of balancing money EQ with money IQ, and why cultivating a healthy money mindset is crucial for our overall well-being. Can also offers advice on how to create and maintain energy that attracts abundance, and how best to navigate financial stress. So if you're struggling with financial anxiety or seeking a more joyful relationship with money, this conversation can definitely help. Now a little bit more about our guest. Ken Honda is a best-selling self-development author in Japan, with book sales surpassing 8 million copies since 2001. His latest book is called Happy Money, the Japanese art of making peace with your money. Ken's financial expertise comes from owning and managing several businesses, including an accounting company, a managing consulting firm, and a venture capital corporation. His writings bridge the topics of finance and self-help focusing on creating and generating personal wealth and happiness through deeper self-honesty. Ken provides ongoing support through mentoring programs, business seminars, therapeutic workshops, and correspondence courses. He's the first person from Japan to be voted into the Transformational Leadership Council, a group of personal and professional development leaders. Now, I hope you're ready to soak in the wisdom and transform your money mindset and unlock financial freedom the Zen way. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Experable. I'm your host Krati Mehra and in this show we learn from the success and struggles of people we admire and dive deep into concepts that help us expand the possibilities available to us so we can freely, boldly design the life we desire, discover the depth and breadth of our capabilities, access the wisdom available in the world around us and even on really bad days, love what we see in the mirror. Are you ready? Let's go i read on your website you said um, you wanted to take away everyone's pain and frustration and stress around money which was your reason for doing this work so i would love to know from you if you think you've succeeded in that mission Considering the state of the world, do you feel like people are starting to get the point that you've been trying to make? Or do you think in general, people are still ignorant of this idea?
1: So I think it's the same thing with health. Some people have a a healthy lifestyle and others are not. Uh, The same thing goes with uh, financial health. You know, it doesn't really matter how much you make or how much you have. It's just about how you relate to money. So a lot of people Uh, still in so much pain it's because of not treating your financial health well you know some people think like hoarding money could be a solution but even if you just uh, make more money usually your expense will go higher so at the end of every month you feel as stressed as you were when you're making one-third of what you make now so Uh, The same thing goes with uh, so many things, your attitude toward money, your attitude toward health, uh, wealth, and relationships. If your relationship with money or friends are not the good ones, your health deteriorates without your knowledge.
0: So if somebody wanted to understand your relationship with money, can you you explain that to them?
1: I wrote a book called Happy Money four years ago. Happy Money is money. Uh, that makes you smile when you receive it, and gives you joy when you spend it. So that means that um, whatever you do, you do that with joy. Unfortunately, uh, not many people are enjoying money as much as they could. So uh, it's interesting how people are suffering so much. uh, Even though they are making so much money, they feel stressed. And, and you can live a stress-free life financially. That's what I'm teaching about.
0: Do you relate happiness to money, really? Do you believe that money can be directly related to how much happiness, how much money you have relates to how much happiness you have in life?
1: Yeah, it's not. like The more money you have, the happier you get. It's about you have to be careful. Because uh, money doesn't bring you happiness. But if you don't have enough, it brings you struggle. So, for example, if you want to travel to some place like, say, New Delhi or uh, Paris or Tokyo, you know, you could hitchhike the place. You can walk, but it's harder. And also, it's, if you just fly, uh, if, you, I, if I need to fly from here to New Delhi, you can hitchhike, right? So uh, if you have enough money that buys an airplane ticket and then uh, you can go there without much stress. So life is like that. If you want to do something, it's much, much easier in this uh, financial uh, capitalist world that uh, with certain money, you can do so many things. And if you cannot uh, pay your rent, if you cannot pay your mortgage, your uh, kids' tuition, the food on the table, life is harder. But even though you have, if you have uh, so much money, if your relationship isn't working if what you do is not doing well as well as you you want it and then you cannot feel happy so you need to have a certain money and then uh, other things are optional
0: what i see happening now is that ego is massively involved in your pursuit of money people are pursuing money because they want a lifestyle that is not necessarily about their own choices, their own preferences, their own likes and dislikes, but more about what they see happening in the world and pandering to that and wanting to fit in into a higher um, social circle. So speaking to such people who've who've trapped themselves in this narrative where they feel like they've become so desperate for money and we see people doing very wrong things to pursue money for people like that. Clearly, they have made money their God. They, they're pursuing it blindly. How do these people detach their self-worth from their financial status so they can start coming back to a saner place?
1: There are so many ways to climb a mountain. You know, you can climb with uh, uh, nice people in a fun way, or you can just, you know, kick people, and then you, you try to get to the top as fast as possible. I'm not here to change you. I'm not here to change the way you believe. I'm just saying there is another way of looking at the money. So uh, it's completely up to you how you want to relate with the money. You can make money your God, or you can make uh, money as your best friend. The ideal situation is money become the best friend of yours. So if you have uh, um, your best friend right next to you, he or she will take good care of you. If you want to go to travel to New York... Your best friend will buy your ticket. And uh, uh, if you want to buy a house, if you want to buy a car, if you want to do something, your friend will be there to support you. Or do you want to work for money? Do you want to become a slave to money? If you become a slave to money, you do anything for the money. And that's not a happy attitude.
0: I love the attitude you have towards money. I mean, you were ready to walk away, retire at such an early age. I think you were 29, but you don't write it back in because of how you wanted to change other people's life. I think that is a lovely, beautiful attitude to have. I don't think that's attainable for a lot of people. First of all, you had enough that you were able to tell yourself to stop and move in a different direction. Not everybody has that option. But at the same time, the fact that you were willing to stop, the fact that you didn't feel like you want to accumulate more and more and more, that says a lot. What did that feel like to you, like making that decision at that point? How did you make that decision? Because, you know, we are talking about self-worth, your self-worth being attached to your financial status. And when that happens, people find themselves on paths that don't necessarily make them happy. And you are absolutely right. We cannot change people. We cannot change their value system. And that is, that's definitely not a path that I want to go down. But at the same time, I would want to understand from you because you were able to do it. You were able to live a life that wasn't money oriented. That was, you know, happiness oriented. That was love oriented. You wanted to do this, this thing for your daughter. So I think that that was a lovely idea. Tell me more about that, what that felt like for you, for you to make that decision. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Oh, by the way, Krati, you you keep asking great questions. So thank you for that. <laughs>
0: thank you. You know, um,
1: you. I'm also good at asking questions to the right people. So when my wife and I found out that she was pregnant with our daughter, now she's 25. Oh, by the way, she fell in love with India when we visited uh, 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 last year. Bought so many Indian dresses. And, you know, she fell in love with Indian uh, clothes, Indian food, Indian music. But anyway, when she was born, well, about to born, so that's like 26 years ago. Um, we just ask around people, older people we're in uh, our 20s and 30s. And then um, the answers we got. Uh, so the question I, 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 we asked everybody is like, what do you regret most? Uh, if you can go back to your twenties or thirties, and and then you're about to raise a child, what would you regret? I asked all the entrepreneurs and who were very successful in their forties, fifties, and sixties and seventies, and all the answer is the same. I we were astonished. The answer was uh, they were so regretted that they didn't spend enough time with the baby. So okay, if all these people all this Happy, smart, successful people say, I wish we had spent more time with the baby. We should do it. And then um, I thought, in my mind, to have uh, two weeks off, uh, potentially a month. My wife thought uh, six months or a year. (laughs) And then we started having like a a few-week vacation. And then that got extended to another month, two months, three months, six months and it got it extended to a year. And by the time we have we are doing nothing, I let my staff take care of my business. I started to speak very slowly. My all my friends worry about me because I say, Hi, how are you? You know, my rhythm goes very slow. And then uh, I we extended another year, another year. We ended up spending four years for a baby girl. And that's the best thing we have ever done because we had the money. We were not billionaire, but we had enough money to support ourselves. So I so enjoyed my precious four-year time. And in that four-year time, I could witness um, my daughter started to walk, talk, I think her first word is daddy, you know, because I was there. She said daddy. Yes. You know, (laughs) that's what I think. uh, My wife thinks it's mommy. But anyway, I was there to witness all the important things. And uh, for me, it's priceless, but for other people, it means nothing. But uh, I I could be there. So so I so enjoyed my life uh, in my early thirties. So, that's why I don't need to retire for now. I'm approaching at uh, the age that I I may retire. You know, I'm 56, so I have only four years to go. If it you I'm working for a big company, I have only four years and then I have to retire. But I don't feel like retiring in, in a sense. You know, I may retire, I, I I may or may not. You know, I have a choice. And so I retired enough when I was younger. So In fact, I can keep uh, keep working till I die. It out of joy, not for the money.
0: Yeah, I think it is great great privilege when you can do work that makes you so happy and also makes you money. I think that is that is an incredible life. Um, Tell me something. If you were to lose your money, God forbid, uh, something happens, you lose your money in today's environment. If perhaps you are an online personality, which you are, you are an online personality. But if you, you know, you're losing your, the foothold that you've established, would you ever indulge in controversies? Would you ever pander to the popular narrative, even if you don't agree with it, to gain back an audience? Would you ever do that?
1: No, that's not my style. I don't need to do that. In fact, I can do other things, uh, you know, I'll probably do different things um, because I've, I, I've done it. I've done teaching for the past 20 years. So if I lose everything, I'll do something else. You know, maybe like uh, my secret uh, career wish is uh, become a comedian, you know, because, you know, I've learned so many funny stories. I've heard so many funny stories about money. I can make a good career out of it. And then I can be a, a prophet. I can read people's palm, you know, and so that's something I could do. You know, I can come up with so many different things to bring back the money and I don't need so much money. Uh, anyway, you know, my daughter is on her on her own, and then it doesn't require so much money. I don't need luxurious lifestyle, so uh, I may become a humble palm reader on on a street in Tokyo, and I I may be smiling all the time, and then people just come and just consult with me about their future. That could be fun.
0: I love that. This is. I hope my listeners will notice this attitude that you have towards money. I can notice your energy. You—it's like you have a very loose fist around your money, and you just have this very mellow energy around it. I love that. I wish more people had it. <laughs> the world would be so a much much better place to live in. Thank you.
1: In. Because you know, I I know there are so many ways. Like say, if I lose everything, and and I I, I can come up with one hundred different ways to come back. Like as a writer. I can say I can write a book like uh, if I lose it, all the money, I can publish another book. The title is "Joy of Bankruptcy." You know, eight new things I learned from bankruptcy. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like uh, fun of bankruptcy. Like you know, seventeen things you should do before you go bankrupt. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. And I can make it a national bestseller, and then I can I can go around the world teaching. Uh, how to avoid going bankrupt, you know, (laughs) like I I can start a new brand like bankruptcy, you know, and then I I can help people from recovering from bankruptcy because that's what I'm going to learn. And then that's what I teach. So there are so many creative ways I can rebuild my life. So since I know there are a thousand ways to uh, make myself a wealthy man again, so I'm not attached to the money I have. Even if I lose everything, I can gain it back in two years or three years. And also, I don't have to do that. You know, I have uh, so many friends that I made. Um, I, I help them uh, make money. So all I can say is, "Hi, uh, hi, Ken, Ken here. Uh, can you wire me whatever the money you you think it's good for me? I lost everything. <laughs> Bye." <laughs> you know? And I keep calling, like say, twenty friends. And my friends are generous enough, so they, they'll send me $100, they'll hand me $100,000, they might wire me a million dollars, and I think uh, I'll have enough money uh, in the bank account, and then um, I can live very comfortably for the rest of my life. So uh, there are so many ways that you invite uh, happy money into your life, so you don't have to deceive people, you don't have to do anything, you don't have to be so stressed about life and money and once you have this attitude it's not the money itself it's who you are if you become a magnet for happy money it's almost impossible not to attract happy money
0: okay once again i i love that attitude i i wish there was a way to convert this attitude into like a serum and just feed it to everyone I, <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> yeah that's
1: yeah. that's what i that's what i do with my book that's what i saw so i could sell nine million books yeah People keep it like a lucky charm. They put it in their, you know, uh, bookshelf, uh, almost like a lucky charm. It's a good reminder. Uh, all my books are good reminder that you can be happy and also you can be wealthy. The choice is yours.
0: For sure, for sure. I think you are uh, a living example and as people interact with your content, that comes across brilliantly. Your energy, I think it stands out. That's what I love about it. Your attitude towards money is my attitude towards challenges in life. I always say, regardless of my of what I'm facing, I'll be fine. I can see this through. That's the attitude I've developed over the years. But but there is aggression to that. The energy that I bring to that mindset, that's an aggressive mindset. That is an, there is aggressive energy attached to it your energy is, I think it's beautiful. It's very soft energy. And I know you've you've talked about how money is energy. There's an energetic element to it. Can, can you please expand on that? Because I think that would help people be more mindful of their attitude and their thinking.
1: I can explain it this way. At the end of every day, uh, do you feel so happy when you go go back home? If you're working at home, just uh, look at yourself at 7 o'clock uh, p.m. in the mirror. And then if you see a happy person in the mirror, then you're using happy energy. And at the end of your day, you feel so stressed, you feel so frustrated. That means you are exchanging your life force energy with money. So your money has a violent, frustrated energy. So if you come from work to home, your home, at the, before you go, uh, you, before you open the door, you have to cleanse your energy. Otherwise, you bring this uh, frustration you had in your workplace, and then you might take it out on your kids, your partner, your parents, or whoever in your house. And, and you have to really make sure that your energy is a happy one and peaceful one. If your energy is not a happy, peaceful one, it's because you've uh, you've spent your day trying to force something or trying to do something that's not you. So, uh, in a sense, you're bending yourself to get the money, and it's not happy, healthy attitude. So, if you um, spend your entire day, and then you are just uh, uh, singing on the way back, and and then you you feel like. I've made so many people happy today. Wow, I can't wait to eat dinner with everyone I love. And then got, come back home, you bring back such happy, peaceful energy to your home. Money is the same thing. You know, money has certain energy. If you make a lot of people happy and then receive money, your money has happy energy. If you get frustrated and try to get the money from the company, from your clients or from somebody, Even though it's nothing illegal, if your attitude is like that, your money has uh, unhappy energy. You can tell from your heart.
0: You said cleanse your energy. Do you think there is like there can be a process to it? Like people who are in high stress jobs, because, you know, for a lot of people, you and I are lucky in that we can do what we love. But a lot of people will just will have to take what job they're getting. So uh-huh. speaking to those people, do you think there can ever be a process that they can indulge in, that can help them cleanse that energy before they come home or something like that?
1: Yes, like uh, uh, like spend a couple of minutes in front of your house. And have you seen a documentary video that people come into a clean room uh, when they're making semiconductors or just they're dealing with a food processing company? you just just wearing white gown and then like when you go in, into surgery, there's a big wind coming and just taking off all the dirt from your, your system, right? So uh, whenever I go back, before I go in, I get a lot of wind just blowing bad energy off of me. And then I breathe in a few times and then find my happy center and then I can smile and come home. Unless you do that, you just uh, come back like, uh, you know, bad energy, frustrated energy. If you did that, your kids, your wife, your husband can feel it. So do you want to make them feel as frustrated as you are? Um, Or uh, can you just let go of all the bad energy, frustrated energy before you come back to your uh, house? And then enjoy the best time ever in your home the choice is yours
0: now talking to someone who is in a lot of debt has a lot of responsibilities i think that situation is quite there's a lot of gravity to that situation and has to be handled with a lot of respect but what you are saying uh i think i i love the advice that you have given. but to someone like that someone who is again getting really desperate for money what, what advice would you give them because there is this emotional burden they are carrying almost all the time because their situation is so serious. There is constant stress in their life. And today we talk about toxic positivity. We talk about how people are now, because of all the content they see online, they're forcing themselves to be happy when they're in fact not feeling happy on the inside. And that is in fact more unhealthy. So c- keeping that in mind, what advice would you give to someone who is constantly battling this tre- financial stress?
1: So, everything is an interpretation. So, you can interpret debt as a burden, or you can interpret debt as love and trust from somebody. So, think about it like 10 years ago, five years ago, if it's a mortgage, it's 20 years ago when you bought the thing car or house, or when you borrow for business they trusted you right. that you'd have the money. So, that means they saw something in you. You're an honest person, decent person, who have the capacity to keep generating money so you can pay back the loan plus interest. Unless they had a a trust in you, they never let their precious money um, let you use that, right? Because once they lose control of the money, they have to trust you. So instead of uh, you feeling the burden of this debt, you can feel like somebody trusted you with their heart. It could be your uh, relatives, could be your bank-like institution. But the essence is the same: they trusted you without knowing you so much. So, can you feel the appreciation for them? And if you if you feel like, "Wow, thank you," that's a big trust. Can you do the same thing with other people who don't who, that you don't know? Probably you don't, right? So like, wow, it's such a great thing that they trusted me. And then if you feel like, thank you for trusting me, I'll make sure I'll pay back every month in return for your trust. So when you pay the uh, interest plus the principal, you can say like, thank you for trusting me. Of course I made money and I can pay back the the loan. Plus to show my appreciation, I wired interest as well. So instead of feeling burdened every month, you can feel, wow, I'm so loved. I'm so trusted. Now I work harder, you know, to appreciate um, the, the bank. I appreciate my uncle who trusted me to give me a loan. So if you can feel the love and passion and trust that somebody placed upon you many years ago, you can shine more. So don't become a slave to money. Don't take it as a burden on, on your shoulders. You can feel like, wow, look at me. I'm trusted. You know, I'm trusted. I'm loved. I'm supported, certified. And then you can, you can be happy. So everything is the interpretation of what's going on in life. So don't interpret anything in a negative way because it's not true. I mean, it, it is true. But it's one way of looking at the world. If you look at the world from other eyes, you see a totally new different things. That's what I'm teaching.
0: That is so helpful. Thank you for sharing that, because I think that isn't just about temporarily feeling differently. uh, I think what you're trying to explain, that is about a deeper shift in perspective that changes your mindset and creates a kind of transformation that will carry you through not just this one journey but through life i think this is incredibly healthy attitude to have i think
1: i wish people learn these things when they're in their teens so they will be prepared by the time they they become 20 but unfortunately many people have never even heard of such a thing that's why i'm passionate about teaching this
0: yeah uh, and you are doing an amazing job. I have so many friends who've read your book and it has made a huge difference. I think every entrepreneur friend that I have has read your book.
1: <laughs> really? God, I'm so happy. Because, you know, um, when I was writing a book, I I wasn't sure who's going to pick up my book, you know. My idea or the way of thinking is so unique that uh, um, English-speaking people may not understand. It's very Japanese, so like... I was not really sure if this thing would be ever understandable. So I'm so happy.
0: We, in fact, we got like a uh, translated. My, my parents grew up in, especially my mom, she grew up in poverty. They grew up in very bad financial circumstances. Uh, so when they started making money, my father's business took off. They started making money. Their attitude did not change. I mean, they because of how they grew up, they always taught me this, this, this idea that money is very hard to come by you have to work really really hard to have money in life and even now they they don't indulge themselves too much they're very careful even though they can afford to they're very careful with how they spend their money so i i got like a translated copy of your book for my mom i'm like she she reads books in hindi so i was like here you need to read this book this will make a difference to you Uh, But at the same time, I'm very aware that their relationship with money was forged when they were children and they grew up in such extremely bad circumstances. And my circumstances were very different because of the work they did. So I don't, I try not to say too much to them uh, because I do understand it. Uh, And this is where I want to talk to you about financial wounds.
1: Yeah. So, you know, all of us have certain financial wounds and then Uh, if the scar the wounds are so deep you know it's hard to recover like um when you're younger that's easier but when they're in their 50s 60s 70s they so strongly believe that money is bad it's all it's like a knife you know if you ever cut yourself when you were small you're afraid of knife or fire or certain things and then You're afraid that uh, uh, the knife will cut you again, you know. It happened so many years ago. And if you're careful, you don't cut yourself. But accidentally, once in a while, you cut yourself, right? And then you know that a knife could be dangerous. But that doesn't mean that every time you touch a knife, it'll just cut your fingers. But you got so bad experience uh, one time, it stays on you forever. So... Uh, once again, it's your choice. Can you go back and heal the pain, and then you come clean, and then you can have a new relationship with money? It's like meeting your friends again. You know, you may have a bad impression for the first time, but later on, you think that was a misunderstanding, and then you became the best friends ever. And then you find a new friend. I hope uh, you find uh, money as a new friend again. You know, through my books and others. Otherwise, money is, such a, uh, money is playing such an important role. And uh, if you just keep money away because of the pain in the past, that's a shame. So I know it, it, it was bad. Uh, whatever happened when you were childhood hurt you. But unless you do something, it's still bleeding in, in your system.
0: Yeah, that is so true. I'm, I'm going to share that as well with my parents, um, because I, I do feel sad that somebody who has money should be able to revel in it, should be able to enjoy it and use it as an instrument. Uh, instead, it continues to be a burden on you because of your old financial wounds, because of how you grew up. And that is that is incredibly that's sad. Um, I think, but yes, again, what you shared that, that will help a lot. Do you have any like examples of the people that you've talked to? Cause you've done so much work in this uh, area where you've taken someone from resistance to a breakthrough.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I've dealt with uh, um, money wounds again, a lot, you know, I'm called a money healer because I've helped so many thousands of people personally uh, help heal their money wounds. You know, when they were younger, they just, they were denied of like big presents that they wanted to have so badly for their Christmas. But when they're younger, they wanted to have a bicycle. And now, if, if you're younger, you may want to have a PlayStation or, you know, just uh, the, your toys could be different, but the same concept, right? So uh, once you go back and heal the uh, money wounds, you feel so free. You feel less guilt about spending money. You feel less guilt and uh, shame around receiving money. You feel more comfortable talking about money. Once money becomes uh, closer to you, you can enjoy money. You can appreciate money. As much as you enjoy money, you can just uh, um, enjoy life. So I've seen people turn around their financial situation so incredibly. They've doubled the income sometimes three times or ten times. And the way they work is very different. They used to work harder, but now uh, with the help of their employees, they don't have to work as hard as they used to. So when you learn about money, you learn about uh, accepting the support from other people as well. So instead of working as a one-person freelance, one of my clients started hiring five people for her. And then when she had money wounds, she couldn't... Uh, just have any help from other people. But after that, she realizes money money game is, is a team game, team sport. So she hired uh, five people who could work with her. And now she's making a few times more than she used to. So money is about uh, receiving your self-worth. You know, if you feel like you're unworthy, you cannot receive. Uh, you know, when you're seven, you're denied a summer camps, ballet lessons, soccer lessons, because you thought you were you were worthless. <clears throat> That's why you couldn't get it. When you're 25, 35, and 45, you cannot start your business because you're worthless. You cannot become a millionaire because you're worthless. So that little thing happened 20 years ago is still putting a, a restriction on you. So you need to heal that uh, past wounds.
0: There is another book that I think people reach for whenever they are navigating these ideas, which is The Secret. Uh, I'm sure you've, you've read the book, The Secret. That book did not resonate with me the way your book did. If you have read it, what parts of The Secret did you not agree with? Anything there that you thought was not helpful or would sort of not play well with um, the change that people are trying to create?
1: You know, I love uh, the book Secret. I really enjoyed it. You know, actually, in fact, I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, tomorrow, I'm going to U.S. for Transformational Leadership Council. It's a group of writers, and many of them come from Secret. So I'm going to meet Jack Canfield, John Gray, Reverend Michael Beckwith, and jo- Dr. Joe Vitale. Uh, they're my friends, and also they're my mentors. So I have nothing against Secret. But to me, as a Japanese person, uh, that uh, whole concept is a little bit materialistic. So you you get good cars, big cars, big houses and all that. So uh, I think younger generation are more interested in just in inner world. So uh, if you focus on manifesting the outer world, that's why I think you didn't click as much as you, uh, the old people could have. You're, you're more advanced, you know? So in a sense, I think uh, uh, from now, people will pay more attention to what's going on inside. So instead of attracting big houses or dream, ha- dream cars and everything, you want to be fulfilled. And I think that my uh, book is focused on how to find your true self. So it's more about inner work. That's why I think uh, we're on the same page. So and it's nothing wrong with going after what you want. But in life, uh, when it comes to happiness, there are two things. You know, going after what you want and enjoying what you receive. So uh, uh, if you just try to enjoy what you, what you got, you become more inward. And if you go after what you want, you become more active. But in life, you need two things, you know, going after what you want and uh, enjoy what you receive.
0: I think there is, there is this idea where you are either chasing money or you are focused on what you want to do in the world the way you want to change the world. And that is where your focus is. Do you think there's anything wrong with being completely focused on money? Like uh, coaches, a lot of financial coaches talk about this concept where they say that don't chase money. The more you chase money, the more it will run away from you. Be focused on the change you want to see in the world. Be focused on your work. Which idea do you agree with more or neither one or both?
1: Well, when, when you take a look at what's going on, uh, money comes after you do re- you render a service. So whatever you do, whatever you help uh, other people, as a result, if that's a good thing, it'll come back as money. So like, uh, just think about a book. So when say um, I write my book here, right, and then if this book is right, uh, people buy it, and if it, if people don't like it, they don't buy it. So if I'm just, uh, if this book is good, and if I'm helping so many people, and as a result, I receive money. So it's always money comes after whatever you did. So if the service you rendered is not a good quality, not good quantity, and then you don't get any. But if your service quality is so so high quality and so much volume, for example, I sold 2 million copies of this book. You know, and then uh, so I must have got like 3 million dollars uh, US dollars as a royalty of the book for the past 20 uh, 20 years. And the other I have other books that didn't sell well, right? So the same amount of time, but when I did the good service, a lot of money came back. If I didn't do a good thing, not much money came back. So even if you try to get the money, if you don't do the right thing, it won't come back. And if you could be successful one time by deceiving other people, people were not gonna trust you. So then uh, you can make money one time and then that's it. So you cannot probably make another opportunity. So you have to keep rendering good services. And then as a result, you be- you become wealthy. If you just only do it once, it's it's not gonna make you wealthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've seen people struggle a lot, like they've picked up the job that they want to do the business they want to run. And they've, they've struggled with that, obviously, in the initial years, nothing's coming in, a lot is going out and you're working your ass off. But eventually they got it, the business got the traction that it needed, and it took off and they were able to make a lot of profits. But those people who were always choosing business based on the money it will generate so far, I've not seen them do so well. So I think what you've said, that is, in fact, the attitude to carry. The other thing I would love to know, I think, although you've kind of answered it already, but this thing that people struggle with, in especially in the coaching space, that's about pricing. A lot of people advise the person doing the job to price their product high, like give it a premium price because that attracts people who think they're trying to create a premium lifestyle. But again, if you don't think your product is worth $10,000, what kind of energy would you create if you do slap that price tag on it? You price it at $10,000, but you don't think that $10,000 is in fact its value.
1: It's so interesting how people value things. You know, for example, this one, uh, this iPhone, new iPhone costs about what, $2,000, $3,000, right? It used to be cheaper but now with uh, cameras and everything it becomes more expensive but uh, some people think it's very cheap some people think it's very expensive you know the other day i did a, a master class to promote one year program I teach about financial independence and at the end of uh, my master class my staff uh, was just talking about the way that the classes are structured and how much it is and at the time uh, he announced how much it is? The funny thing happened. So right after he announced the, the 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 price, somebody said that's too expensive, and the other one says that's too cheap. You know. So depending on uh, your um, financial situation, something feels so cheap. At the same time, it sounds so expensive. That's why I'm. Uh, I have this my the way I help people. You know, I don't want to discriminate people against their uh, financial situation. So I'm sharing so much information for free on YouTube and others. Like this, is, uh, this interview is one of them, right? So people don't have to pay to learn from me. But at the same time, if you want to go deeper, you need to spend more time with me. And then if there is uh, some kind of exchange of energy, it usually works better if people pay. Because when people pay, you get serious about learning, right? So I don't mind if I receive money or not because I have enough. But in terms of learning, sometimes everything is for free. Everything deeper could be expensive. So it's about how you deal with energy. I don't believe in charging people high, you know, uh, not necessarily. uh, But uh, if you want to live as a professional coach, you need to charge a certain amount. And then... You have to have a smart system. Uh, Otherwise, you struggle. So you have to come up with the right numbers so you don't rip off people. But at the same time, you get enough so you can keep learning new things. You may want to attend uh, seminars in Europe and uh, US or some some parts of the country, uh, the world. And it it requires a certain financial uh, situation. So if you want to keep learning uh, as a coach, you need to have that money. You have to take it into consideration as well. So the, the charge would be certain amount uh, for your one hour. And you have a limited uh, hour, so you have to be smart in offering the service. So once again, there is no right answer, but you have to decide. If you try to overcharge, people will not show up. So it's how much you think you're worth is not necessarily the same with uh, how much your clients think you're worth. So, just say if you charge fifty dollars, and then somehow you raise it to two hundred dollars, you may lose your uh, old clients, but you may bump into a new ones because uh, definitely people you attract are different.
0: Now, for my final question: If if wealth was a recipe that you were cooking, what ingredients would you use? <laughs>
1: So I think my recipe is your heart, your care, generosity would be such a great uh, seasoning. You know, it could be spicy, it could be sweet, it could be bitter. Whatever you have, you know, you put into a pot and then mix it and people will enjoy it. And uh, the uh, dish you cook, uh, some people love it, other people may not like it. It's okay. Because you do business, you you do something with people whom they like. So don't worry about the people that, who don't like you. Because there are those who love you, there are those who don't love you. That's life. You know, like say I'm wearing this shirt. Uh, some people love it. Maybe this is more Indian. Uh, somehow I look like, I start to look like I'm more Indian, you know, I love it. And some people <laughs> hate red, you know, uh, Chinese Chinese and Indian love gold and red, but other people may not love it. So it's, it's, you know, that's something you cannot change.
0: Well, what do you know? We've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, for supporting the podcast, and for sharing your time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show on whatever podcast platform you love. You can also watch the video version of the interviews and most of the solo episodes on my YouTube channel. Link is in the episode description. Now, if you have made it this far, you must love the content at least a little bit, or maybe you just like hanging out with me, or there was something in this particular episode that resonated with you, or maybe it's all of those things. I would love to know. So if you've got a minute, it will be great if you can drop a review on Apple Podcasts or you can send me your thoughts on the show via email. Now, if you want content that goes deeper than even the podcast does with a lot of real life stories, one-on-one interactions, or just become part of my tribe, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. The link is in the episode description. Once again, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with me. Take care, and I will be back soon with the next episode.